This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. What's going down? To The Point Home Services Podcast listeners, it's your boy, Chris. Man, is it a good day for a good day. And it's always a good day when I got my guest on here who I've got to spend a lot of time with. I got a good friendship with him. He's a good dude. His name is Mr. Joe Crisara. You might know him as Uncle Joe. That's how I know. That's how a lot of the trades, the trades people, the trades folk know him as Uncle Joe. And Uncle Joe, man, am I glad to have you back on here, my man. Welcome back. I was just telling you, the last time you were on to the point was episode 83 back on August 24th, 2021. Where the hell you been, Joe? You uncle, you, you've been under, you've been under a rock. What's going on? Well, I've not been under a rock, but first of all, Chris, let me just start by saying <laughs> thank you for inviting me back. It was only, it only took you two years to invite <laughs> me back here. And I'm definitely happy that it's uh, every once in two years, you think about me and I really been happy to hear it. No, I'm just teasing you. Of course, I listened to the two, I listened to to the point. Although I'm not on the podcast, I am on the podcast by listening to it as a listener. And of course, I always have, uh, I, I probably could do better to invite myself here more often. And I think I will do that just to make sure we don't wander away from each other too much. But it's a pleasure and honor to be here with you, Chris. And uh, that my, my life got better the instant that you and I met. And uh, I saw somebody who had the same heart of pure motive service that I have when I first met you. And I don't think I've seen anything diminished from there. You got you guys are uh we're in the same value system, if we will. And I really believe in what you're doing to inform contractors. And I do the same thing. I try to make sure contractors get the information to succeed. Joe, are you flirting with me? A little bit. I, I don't put out on the first I could date. Do I could do, I could do worse. <laughs> I guess this isn't the first. <laughs> hey, you have, uh, hey, you have, well, thank you for the nice comment. That's, that's super thoughtful. I appreciate that. And you know, I respect our relationship and our friendship. Um, and I think the last time I actually saw you was at your True Grit event um, in Vegas, which was fantastic. Um, and I heard so many good things about it from those that had, that were there. I have had customers there. I did actually, I did a podcast live on stage with Jason Bueller at that, if you remember correct. That was great. That was. It was Jason was one of your signature clients, sir. And you brought him on stage and shared some really nuggets of wisdom. That's really yeah. what it's about, Chris. It's about. You know, uh, whether I'm uh, whether I'm in Facebook or I get a personal phone call from people or whether they listen to the podcasts uh, like great ones, like the best like yours is, you uh, then uh, <laughs> people are getting the information. Uh, never been a better time to get the information they need to be successful. And definitely that's why I was happy to have both you and Jason together up there to have Jason share his story. And then you had some unique insights uh, as observing him. So it's really uh, two different angles from the same uh, guest. And I really think uh, we were lucky to have Jason up there and happy, lucky to have you as well uh, for our clients. That uh, Not our clients, there's 200 people there at yeah. the time. Uh, we anticipate the same thing this time, that you're going to be sharing information and uh, just little golden nuggets. doesn't take a long time, just a few things that can help people. Yeah, you, well, well, what makes it so easy for you and I is, well, one, you've been around this industry for a long time, and, and you don't need to prove yourself. You've done that so many times on being one of the best uh, in the game in this coaching space. And so for me, it works out great because I'm just on the other side of it. I'm just trying to bring in new customers, but that's just half the battle. Then it's 
learning how to maximize your closing ratio, increase your average tickets, like over, how to overcome object, all these things. That's your world. So, our, so us together actually is, ends up being the perfect, the perfect storm. So that event, um, let me just go ahead and give it a little bit of a plug because it, it's coming up soon for you. Like I believe you, it is March 2nd through 4th. It's still in Vegas. Um, and the website address is truegrit2023.com, 2023.com, correct? And that's where anyone can go to sign up. I'm assuming everybody can still sign up all the way up as close as, because it's going to be here in a couple of weeks is the event. So you got to get on it and get your plane ticket ordered and get your ass there. You can sign up anytime. We're not going to run out of room for anybody. Everybody will be accommodated and we'll just get to get more rooms if we have to. But bottom line is that everybody's welcome to attend. Uh, of course, uh, You'd see if you did attend, you would then be getting, you'd be leaving with uh, not just information, but this is different, Chris, because with the escape room format, we're going to teach people how to create interactive training for their teams. And so, even by listening to this thing we're doing today, we hopefully we can give people something to uh, have a vision or a dream of how they could keep their employees engaged with the processes they're trying to get in place. Yeah. So, so this is what I love about you, man. Like, I, I never heard of that, that, um, this escape room experience type of thought pro and none of that before, which is super interesting. And so I'm, I'm intrigued, but you always kind of seen, you always seem to be like innovative, you know, in the, in this training space and ahead of, you know, the others. And maybe it's cause you've been in it for so long and you've, and you've recognized patterns or you just are able to move quicker. You know, and you listen to the, you know, that your customers that are talking to you, the contractors are in these groups, but you always seem to be like ahead of the game. Like, what does a future training look like, Uncle Joe? Because I can tell you real quick before we get into that, I've been telling a lot of my friends who are in the industry, not necessarily just customers, but my friends who are, you know, contractors in the industry. And um, this is going to be a scrappy year. This is 2023 is going to be a scrappy year. Um, and we are coming off of a few huge years. And it wasn't just a few huge years for a couple contractors. It was a few huge years for a lot of contractors. So, what are you going to do to be better than the guy next to you? Like everybody's been having some good or had some good success. The majority of people have had some good success the last few years in the beginning of this year, Q1, what I keep hearing is, man, uh, you know, lead volume is, is low. That's because search volume is lower. And it's not just in your market. If you're listening, I guarantee you it's across the United States of America. I'm in so many different groups with people who are complaining about the exact same thing. Something had to give. There's so much new equipment in homes right now. And so many people installed them more so than ever before. So yes, search volume down, demand is down because service and repair business is down, but it's not going away, but you got to be on your a game. And this is what I love about, you know, like where you and I've seen eye to eye is we try to be as innovative as possible. And we try to stay ahead of the game. Anytime we learn new things that are coming out, we're always willing to A-B test it quickly, spend the money on it to figure out does it work or does it not to do whatever's best for the contractors. You do the exact same thing. So tell me, man, what does the future of training look like, Uncle Joe? Give it to me. Give it to me straight. No chaser. Okay. No, I will not. I'll give it to you in a straight whiskey and a bourbon glass. Absolutely. Like some podcasts do, but, but this looks <laughs> this little different. Uh, anyway, so uh, basically, the way I look at it this way, Chris, you don't have to look at your own children, right? Those of you who are wondering, 
what the future of training holds for us. I, I have my son Wyatt, who's thirteen. He's thirteen years old. He's gonna be fourteen in February. And all I gotta do is say, I mean, I was the time where I'm like, hey, we're gonna. I remember here's the, here's the biggest joke of all. I'm like, hey, Wyatt, we're gonna limit you to ninety minutes for the computer a day. I said, I said to him back a long time ago. Because I thought a computer is just going to rot your mind and it's not going to be get out and interact with people and things like that. And I didn't realize that the computer is actually very interactive and uh, that he was interacting with people. They just weren't in the same room with him. And, you know, then I then I was watching some sports show where they're showing people doing video games in a stadium. And I'm like, there's colleges that are having people do video games as part of a uh, college sport uh, with, you know, 30,000 people in an arena with their t-shirts and swag and everything kind of doing like to the point, but they're doing it with video games. Yep. I'm like, you know, who am I to tell my son to limit yourself to do 90 minutes? It's like, tell my parents would have told me you got 90 minutes of baseball when I was young. back in our day. It was like, go out and play. Right. That, don't that don't, don't like, come back to the, the house. <laughs> the lights come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But now it's like, Hey, uh, stay in and play, you know? And uh, truthfully, you got to look at my son wide. He spends a lot of time on computers, but he does move around from different things. He, he knows more about, you know, we were just recently in Europe when we went to uh, Normandy beach, he took over the tour. Listen to this. He took over the tour by the tour guide. We had a personal tour of Normandy and Omaha beach and that stuff. He is such a world war two buff that he starts saying, let's go over here and I'll show you something that's really interesting. <laughs> and she's like, what? And then she t he took over the tour of the tour guide. Uh, and this is a 13 year old. Cool. Right. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And so the, po the point is uh, between YouTube, between TikTok, between, uh, you know, all the gamification of different items that people play games with, you know, even though you might not like Candy Crush because you're older, but you know, people <laughs> like that. The younger people like that stuff. So, you know, the creating a game out of training, uh, the training is gaming is really the future of training that it's going to be impossible to set people at a parallel desk in parallel rows, uh, just like they're in uh, like the communist party training their the people or whatever. Like it seems like <laughs> seems so drab the way we normally do it. Uh, we, we ourselves move to round tables and they say round tables are a better way to interact. And it is, it's way more interaction when people look at each other rather than look facing uh, kind of the speaker and this way of doing it. <clears throat> we take eight people out of 200 people. It'd be broken into groups of eight. Uh, and this, uh, look at your company. You got a big company with 20 people. Well, let's break the 20 people into five groups of four. Then you create little teams and those teams are going to compete for the, we're going to do a, a lesson on the insurance. Let's say we do a, let's say we gamify the insurance, the medical insurance we're doing for the company. The medical guy gets in front of the company and tells them the insurance plan. All right. Whoever can fill out the first page of the worksheet, uh, as a team, you scream out the answer, somebody write them down, go. And it's like, what? Yeah. And then they get a prize. Yay. They went, but could just be acknowledgement. It doesn't have to be money or anything like that. Truthfully, people like that. They like to say, instead of sitting down with the insurance guy, let's bring the insurance guy to life and, uh, and create a graduation in a way, what we're doing, we're making fun with it. Uh, we're taking something as drab as insurance, uh, making it something that even the insurance people are like, yeah, I'm going to use, I'm going to use this with other people. Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. You know, and they're going to be able to change. It's going to be how many lives are changing, Chris, the people who are now getting those insurance forms filled out, they're happy, they're laughing, they won. Right. Uh, and that kind of a thing. And the insurance people who are doing it are learning something. Uh, there's so many unintended positive consequences when we make training into gaming in a way. And so that's really the future. If I want to say that is that, you know, training is gaming in a way we've got to make it into a contest and something that's fun to do. Yeah. And I actually, I'm, I'm a big fan of that because I think it also creates some 
well, you can spin off and do a lot of different things with it too, but it creates a competitiveness piece to it. And I like that. I mean, naturally for me, because I come from like the sales and marketing space, like most sales guys are super competitive or gals are super competitive and no one wants to see like the zero by their name if they've made no sales and no one wants to see chargebacks or like, you know, cause everybody cares about not just selling, but also retaining customers. So there's, but you can gamify that thing. So that way you're looking to see, um, selling, selling to sell isn't what we look for at Rhino. You sell the right people, the right things, and we retain them for years and years because we're growing their companies. And let's take that. So let's gamify the things that really matter to the business. And it can be whatever. I'm just giving you my, my scenario, but I like that because I like my team members to see, well, how do you fare against this guy or this gal this month? And like, who's doing what? And it drives action. So I like the idea of gamification. It's the same thing for, for me. I deal, you know, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I've got four, four kids. Um, and for the longest time, you know, because man, I'm going to sound old when I say this, <laughs> because I grew up so significantly different than my kids, um, on a farm, you know, you, like you said, your parents kick you out. You don't come back until the sun's down. You know, like you just go and do whatever. You'd be gone all day long. You just have to figure it out. And uh, it's not like that today. So I really struggle with like my daughter or something sitting in her room and, and watching like TikToks and things like that. Like I don't have TikTok on my phone, Joe, but I still get them sent to me by everybody and their brother. So I still have to see them, but I don't have it on my phone because I don't want to sit and get sucked into those types of things because I know me. I mean, I know my personality. So I just avoid it, but I'll say this, it's not going anywhere just because I don't look at it. You know, it's, it's just like this whole gamification thing. Um, virtual, everything isn't going anywhere. It's a part of, it's a part of what the world looks like today and it's not going to go anywhere else. So how can we use that to our advantage? How can you, and I think it actually can give us, it can be, make you more successful by leaning into some of these things. But main thing I'm getting to is with the gamification stuff, I could look at it as you can also use it as a, as a competitive tool to drive action. Well, I can tell you this, Chris, if you, uh, although when I first saw TikTok too, it made my, my head spin around and three, my, of course my son nonstop uh, TikTok all the time. Right. And uh, YouTube's way too long. It's old school. Uh, so TikTok, and I'm like, that sucks. Why, why the hell are you doing that? It's like, how's he watch that stuff? That's what I thought. Right. And then I'm like, well, let me give it a shot. I tried it. I'm like, you know, there's some actually pretty good content. And what I realized when I tried doing TikToks of my own, I realized that, you know what, how can I say the most powerful thing I want to say in one minute? And I tell you what, I am a better speaker today because of TikTok. I don't, I don't retread things. I don't, uh, you know, waste time in my speeches anymore. I go like, I'm going to get to the point and say what I got to say and shut up. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and I think that's something we all can learn from how to communicate with power in a shorter fashion. So I think there is a value to it, even if you don't like TikTok, which is try it because I, we're not doing, we did our, we just reshot our whole video series. We had, before we had 72 total immersion videos that we have at service MVP and we shot them all to redid it again to modernize them for you know get shot them back in 2006. So now they're all brand new again. We got our, all the new materials in it, and now we have a hundred videos, but they're all not 15 minutes or 10 minutes like they were before. They're all five to six minutes. And then I said of that, how can I do a summary of a minute for each one of those? And I've now got 
a whole series of one minute videos. So if you don't got time between calls, you could just listen to Uncle Joe for a minute, uh, you know, and uh, and those little sound bites are going to help us with AI. I don't know if you know this or not, you know, but you can take like all the scripts I've ever done, put them into a, a, an AI program. And then people can search a challenge or something they're having, and my words will literally be on the screen written. And I also have a video that'll be a one-minute video. That's really the future of getting help. It's not about uh, having to sit down and do a consulting session. It's really going to be – I'd rather have a million people getting something for like $9 a month than it would be uh, <laughs> you know, for me to sit down and have 300 people – uh, and I probably have to charge, you know, 3,500 bucks for that kind of a meeting like we're doing at True Grit. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a, it's like a, try to find how can we get the information to people in a way that helps my family and helps their family in a way. That's really what we're going to try and do. That's really what this gamification is about is that uh, we keep them, you know, let the, let the participants do the training uh, in this eight, eight person escape room format. There's four challenges for each escape room. And uh, let's say you did something on maintenance calls and you said, here's the first thing on maintenance calls. We're going to do uh, open the door uh, challenge. How do you do when you, what do you say to people when you say hello? Number two, let's do the diagnosis. What, what areas we're going to, let's get, here's all the things, a puzzle where the areas of the, what are we going to look at first in the system and then second and third, you know, whatever you're trying to teach, you can say, I can make it into a puzzle. We have one with beer bottles. We have one called the six pack of objection handling, where it's got the beer bottles labeled with different uh, problems or objections on it. Got to put them in the right order. What's the most likely you're going to get first. And then the objection has a little a, a thing that a label that gets hung, hung over the beer bottle. And then you got to read the objection and it's just fun, you know, four person, uh, eight person group where it's broken into two groups. When you get in the room, in the room, each four person group uh, competes to see who can get it done first. And then they win in a way. Every, everybody wins at the end. They get a, they get a pin and a badge that they win the thing. And uh, really the big thing is that everybody wins because they laugh all you hear. We did the last, the first one we ever did was last year in San Antonio. And uh, it was kind of a home game. We had the John Wayne service company, kind of 50 people from there and a bunch of other, yeah, 200 people there, but they we made it possible because they had 50 people they sent. And all I, the funniest, the thing, I think I'm, we're like, we have no idea, Chris, how this is going to go. We're like, <laughs> we, this, everybody's like flop sweat big time. Myself, I released my, my need to be accepted a long time ago, Chris, so I don't care. But, but my team was like, are you crazy? This is going to freaking, it's not going to work. I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. I'm like, well, you better be because we're, it's like, think of it this way, guys. You're not teaching this stuff. You're like operating a theme park. You didn't make the, the ride. You're just letting people into the ride. That's what, you, that's what you're teaching it, right? <laughs> and so they did it. And all I heard the entire time, we had three different, uh, three different escape rooms for each subject with four different challenges at a simultaneous, like a three ring circus going on at the same time. All I remember is that whenever we got into the first room, heard little giggles. By the time we had all four rooms with eight people in each room and they start matriculating their way through it, laughter and fun and high five. I could hear people high fiving. And it was just like, man, that made my heart warm, Chris. That's why I knew we had to do it again. And I think this is going to be uh, just part of our legacy that we introduced this to the to the contracting business. And that uh, I can imagine that everybody would have a trade show and they'd have their own four 20 by 20 booth with four different escape rooms as to here's how you start your marketing funnel to get to get trust <clears throat> here's the trust room uh the trust the tr create trust challenge would be the first one for you <clears throat> next one would be 
you know, uh, lower the barrier to do business in a way, you know, type of thing. Capture the information type of thing, right? You got four different things. What's, it, what's four things we need to make the, you know, the Rhino services work? And I can imagine that why not do something instead of sitting there with business cards? People actually get into the Rhino solution or get into whatever company, quality, heating and air, whatever we're going to do. And you get in their experience what we do, you know, so you're able to cut clients can get excited about hiring your company, not just uh, there's an emotional emotional contribution you're making with that way of doing it. Does that make sense there, Chris? Yeah. So, so this is my assumption is nobody else is doing this. This is the first time I've heard, I've heard of it. So this is just the new technique into utilize some of the same like skills, like some of the same trainings. I mean, when you start talking about six pack of beer, my immediate thought went to, well, does the winner have to shotgun the beer? But that's taking me back to my <laughs> college days because I would never do that as an adult right now. I mean, no, I mean, even though I'm an Arizona no. Cardinals fan, and that warrants a lot of <laughs> drinking to numb the pain of being an Arizona Cardinals fan, um, I still wouldn't shotgun a beer unless I don't recall shotgunning a beer, which could potentially happen to me from time to time. But mm-hmm. point being is like it's just a unique way that you continue to set yourself apart, coming up with di- different tactics on how to train and educate. But even with like you mentioned AI. The one thing that um, is incredibly important in this and in, in with any training that, I, that I've learned is there still has to be like this ongoing accountability, right? Like in, in the ongoing accountability um, by a human being, like uh, here's a good example. <clears throat> uh, my son, 12 year, about to be 12 years old, is hyper-focused on football. And he's a little guy, he's like me, but he's um, – you know, he loves the game. He's really good. He's super fast. Um, you can catch the ball. He's a wide receiver and he's a defensive back. But the kid needs to get bigger and he eats like shit. Like you eat cereal in the morning. Cereal's not good for you, right? So he has we he has his his trainer, his coach that he works with every week, and his trainer's finally like I basically gave it to him and said, Hey, it can't be me. It's gotta be your coach, like that's take that's holding you accountable. But he basically reaches out to him and says, Hey, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? And hey, like just holding him accountable. To, hey, did you make sure you did your at home your at home workouts? Yeah. So the accountability piece is an is a critical piece to to training, regardless of the gamification or whatever it is. And I, I this is where I find a lot of times, even with my own customers, is you they'll do this thing you know once, maybe twice over a couple of years, but then it like starts to taper off. So there's gotta be some consistency to this, right? Like the human being aspect of this thing is still not, it can't go away. Like nothing, no, no AI can take that away. Like there's still gotta be some human interaction to make this thing the most successful, right? And my way off, I feel like I gotta be on. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. No, I think you're on. I think it's, uh, it does. There's the, I kind of, I call it the graduation part of every training that has to happen. Like if here's a tip, tip number one, pro tip 
if you are a service company and you're having weekly meetings with your service techs or salespeople, office meetings, a huddle we're having, uh, there has to be sort of a little quiz that everybody made sure they got the message at the end of that meeting. Like, what was the point of the, what's the reason for the meeting? Like a recap? Uh, we're trying to figure out, you know, trying to get a recap. We're trying to see who was the leader of the team or who, what, what tips can the leader give us? Like, I wouldn't just do a meeting saying, here's the best performers of our company or how many calls we got. It's okay. So uh, what's the next step, guys? We have a capacity of 40 people. Let's ask our dispatchers. We got capacity of 40 people and we got 54 people on the board. All right, dispatchers, what's the answer to the next step? What do we got to do now? Uh, reschedule some people. Bingo. All right, now let's get the customer service team involved. Who needs to, who got, how many people? Lacey, Janet, and Amy. All right, who wins this one first? Let's see who's first. Uh, who's going to be the one to reschedule? I don't hear anybody. Lacey? Yeah, okay. Lacey said first she wins. So whatever. <laughs> so you could turn even those kind of meetings into a fun game where there's a point to this thing, right? We're having a huddle. Who's going to reschedule a delay? Otherwise, what we got? The manager running around telling people to do their job, right? Uh, and that's that's like, uh, it looks like overbearing in a way. Like, well, if you think I'm stupid, I don't know what to do kind of a thing, right? Well, we don't know if you know what to do. Just tell us. Let's quiz you and see. So I think every meeting, if everybody could, everybody could start using the true grit philosophy, if you will, by every meeting. And you can, you, you, I challenge even you guys over at Rhino there. The, you guys must have a lot. I'm sure you have a lot of meetings, death by meetings, you might even call it, right? Uh, say every time we have a meeting, guys, there's going to be a quiz as to what, we learned what we got in this meeting. I'm going to quiz people with a question as to what, what did they get? Did they get the right answer based on what we just talked about here? Make sense here, Chris? Yeah. So we basically book in them. That's kind of how our meetings work where we do have a, a recap at the <clears> end <throat> on who has what takeaways, but we, it's taken us years to dial that thing down to make the meetings more meaningful. So like perfect example is every Monday, like Monday is basically meeting day. So we've got our all team meeting. We have our leadership team meeting. I have executive team meetings. I've got financial meetings. I've got all kinds of meetings, but we figured out how to like get it to a point where it's not just, we're not just meeting to meet. Um, we are meeting with intent. We got a schedule. We have things we need to accomplish. And at the end we recapped what we accomplished and who has what deliverables and we part ways. And then when we come back in the next week, the very first thing we do is say, these are my deliverables from last week. This is why I got done. This is why I didn't get done. Boom, go into the next topic. So it's a very structured meeting at this point in time. But there, we added in that layer of accountability with the different bookends of what did I accomplish and now what do I got to do the next time around? So that's what's what the assignment. What's the assignment, right? What's it got to be sort of an assignment or a quiz. Let's make sure we check in with the people we're teaching because, you know, if you're getting a permit for your contract, you got to get a permit for a job. Uh, even though you hate your city or municipality that does the permitting process, probably. Yeah. One thing that's good about that is a third party oversight that the quality of your company is at least up to par with what is required uh, by code. Right. So uh, every time you do a job, you're having to graduate from that job by getting a pass the inspection. So it's like a test. You're getting sort of a game there in a way that uh, for years they've been doing this. We may not like it, but it does make the team better. And you, we, we, we have to admit that we do better work because somebody is watching as opposed to just us watching ourselves. Does that make sense or Chris? Yeah. So um, it just kind of makes me think about this. Like we just come off the Super Bowl, So um, because we're recording this before the Super Bowl, my assumption is the Eagles won. Um, if they didn't, then my assumption was wrong, but here's my point, whether it's 
Hertz, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey, it's all these guys. These guys are clearly phenomenal athletes, but they still got coaches. Like they still have coaches and they have a regiment and they have, they're consistently doing these things. Like, but everybody's got, everybody has coaches. So, but you got to actually have somebody holding you accountable for things too. And sometimes that's your coach. Sometimes it's your business partner. Sometimes it's you holding employees or, or it's peers or whatever, but somebody's got to help, you know, not only just coach, but also have accountability. So I want to ask a question because I've been, I've been thinking about this and <clears throat> the, the coaching world um, and training world over the last few years, we've seen a lot more people enter into it. Um, but what did, what did you see this past year, Uncle Joe? Like, um, like, did you notice anything different going on in this? Like, is there any patterns that you're seeing? And, and, and let me give you a little more context. I'm talking specifically from like a contractor. Like, are you noticing they're leaning more towards a certain type of training versus another? Um, like, what are you seeing out there? that most contractors are gravitating to in regards to training. And then what do you think this is a two-parter and then what do you think has been missing from that? Like most are neglecting doing so. So what's the pattern that you've been seeing the most are taking advantage of and what's missing? I think uh, what I see right now is that uh, the cool part is it used to be walls between all the different, service providers in the space. Like if you, if you work with me, you couldn't work with somebody else. It was like, Hey, you don't, don't you, you everybody else is bad. I'm good. Right. Uh, yeah. what I've, what I've hope, I hope I've inspired this, Chris. I hope that uh, my greatest, uh, hope in the world is that I don't look at it. Like if you hire me, you can't hire somebody else and be successful too. So I think what I've noticed is that there's more mixing of clients among different platforms. Uh, there's some people who go to Victor Rancourt's event. They'll come and join my company. They'll send Jason Walker on a ride along. They'll uh, have somebody else do leadership or whatnot type of thing. And uh, and truthfully, I I don't. I, I, there was a time when I used to have a negative impulse, like why are they screwing around with Jason Walker when I just already taught him, right? Yeah. And truthfully, is that and I and I hope that the marketing people are the same way. It's like l listen there's a piece for it. There's something here for everybody. We can, we all, we all got blind spots and maybe uh, I'm not going to go riding along with people, but Jason Walker will. So that's his piece of it. Right. It's an abundance mindset. Is, that's what we're talking uh, about. It's an yeah, abundance it's, mindset. Yeah, so I'm, I, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know what, if you want to have people oriented on board and graduate at your team and have a system of operation uh, that people can live by and the, the office staff integrates with it and the leadership, you can create performance groups and you can do call by call, call by call uh, management where the your, your technicians are being inspected before they present options to clients and things like that. Uh, those are things that I teach, you know, the other people have their own thing. And uh, the good news is that a lot of people have a commonality to what we're teaching, but we have different methods of teaching it. And I think that's kind of like, I, th I think what's happening uh, unintended is that, uh, that I think everybody's learned that the other person who's in our same business is not our enemy. Basically I look at this way, Chris, if, I'm, I have a baseball team and you got a baseball team. You're not my enemy. We're both trying to get people to watch baseball. You know, that's, that's, that's the part about it. You're the Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles. You may not like the Los Angeles Rams, you're the Arizona Cardinals, but you know what? If both stadiums are filled up, then it's, 
that, that's when football's fun. Uh, it's no fun to go play in a stadium with nobody there, even if you're on the road, right? You want to make yeah. sure that there's a hundred thousand people in Los Angeles. Like, oh man, we're going to show these people how how disappointing it's going to be. See, fun to see those L.A. Uh, wine drinkers uh, be disappointed when the Cardinals come to town, right? Uh, so when you're visiting a full stadium, you get a thrill in beating that. Or if you uh, you got a full stadium, we're going to intimidate those L.A. sweater wearers. They're going to come to our place and wear a sweater. They put the sweater away. It's hot over here. You don't need to have a sweater. You know, so it's like you're uh, it's fun when the stadium is full. And that's what the, everybody's got to realize. I think that uh, the biggest mistake I see, though, is that um, people take the training, but they don't actually do. So that's really why I, what did inspire us on True Grit is it doesn't just we have a 45 minute lesson on stage and then we break into escape rooms where you have to do the lesson. So most of the time there's 45 minutes of teaching and about an hour and 15 minutes of doing so the participants are doing more than we're teaching, truthfully. And that's synergy, we call that, where, uh, you know, we take a small piece, a small big, you put that big thing into place, everybody has fun with it. And they here's the thing about it, Chris, if I put you through six escape rooms with four different challenges per room, that's 24 things you've done in a two-day period that you put into place and you couldn't get out of the room until you did it. So that's right? what's, that's what's so, actually happening uh, uh, this year at Trigger, right? Like that's the format? Yeah, that's it, that's it. <clears throat> Yeah, you got six rooms of different things. You got the wow customer experience, the office staff, the field staff, the objection land experience, the leadership experience, the call by call, uh, profit experience, we call it. Uh, all these experiences now have four challenges for each one of them. They have to graduate the room. And here's the thing about it. Everybody had to do somebody else's job. Like you're a service tech. You had to go through what the office staff has to go through. To have, have empathy for the office, Stephen. You know, you, you're you're an office person. You have to go do the field experience. You got everybody has to handle objections, right? No matter what we are doing. So basically, everybody gets a chance to experience the other person's job. And what could bring the team more together than to have empathy for our teammates about what they're going through? Does that make sense for Chris? Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm a big fan of that. Um, and we do like different uh, – at Rhino, we have Rhino University. And basically it's an opportunity for all the others to see what all the other departments do and the things that they have to because everybody's busy, but not everybody understands what everybody does. So it's nice to have that because then it brings in the other employees to just kind of get more of an idea of what the day in the life of somebody who is an SEO analyst looks like or somebody who is a pay-per-click analyst or web designer, web developer or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but I'm a big fan of that because then you get to uh, feel what the other what the, what your teammates are doing or, or your peers are doing. Um, the, the escape room format is interesting. So I'm curious to, to see how like what everybody's experience will be from that. But I, I want to ask this question. It's if somebody doesn't make it to true grit, you know, like, like the one you talked about that stands out the most to me is the objections one. Like, because I feel like there's so much to be learning objections. And if, and if there's anyone going into that room to learn how to overcome objections, who's not an extrovert, they're going to be so incredibly uncomfortable to have to go through objections. But well, well, truth, truthfully, objections are like being a tour guide. Just like you said at Rhino, it's not about selling people. It's about guiding people. And that's what people got to realize in the objection land experience. I'm not here to sell people. People got to be sold on like if you're selling marketing, I got to be sold on wanting to have my company be out there. Uh, you got to be sold on my team wanting to communicate higher value. If you come to me, if you want to hire a heating company, you want to be sold on being comfortable. You a plumbing company, I want to be sold on having my hot water working, whatever it is, right? So uh, people should be sold before they come to you. Basically, you're guiding them. The, the objection land experience is four different challenges 
that you have different types of situations where the first one is sort of like people just blurt out something that seems negative. You got to be called the overcome negativity challenge, right? Then you got one with the prices. And then you got one called the six pack, which is common things that happen on every single call, email the prices and all that. It's all six different things that happen all the time, right? And then we have one called the clear future, which is basically, you know, at the end of every call, it's yes, no, another appointment or withdraw the bid. Let's get down to the point where we move the opportunity forward. That's what we're trying to do. So it's a tour guide of how we get people uh, to go through our experience, uh, which is really our biggest challenge for every company, whether you're Rhino or Service MVP or John's Heating and Air Conditioning or Dave's Electrical, you know, we're trying to get them through the experience of what an electrician does to diagnose the whole house. Uh, what, how, how are we going to connect and interact with people? How are we going to make up the solutions? How are we going to bring it to a conclusion? If you look at it, there's four different quadrants of every call like that. And uh, that's what we that's what our attempt is to do with this thing is to say, let's experience the most important things about the things the guys in the office, the people in the uh, field, the people who do management, what do they have to go through? And how does my job impact that job? In a way, you'd see, oh, that's why they're like that. <laughs> because I didn't realize that my job makes that job harder if I didn't do my job wrong. So you see that, you start to see the unintended consequence of your job on other people. And that starts making a respect for doing your job right and to see how much impact when you do your job right makes it easy for people. You do your job wrong, it makes it, that's accountability, truthfully. Accountability is like putting the mirror in front of people and saying, what do you think? Or how, how close are you to this? Yeah, that's, and it's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm glad we did this. You that's got to be good for culture too, right? <clears throat> because now you start to understand a little bit more and you can have a little bit more empathy for some of your, like for some of your other, you know, on what, how, what, on what you do and how it impacts some of the others on your team that maybe you weren't more aware of. But so it's got to be good, right? Because it's right. It's, you're now recognizing those things and, and the impact, the greater impact other than just on you, on yourself. Well, let me, let me put it this way. We had the John Wayne company. I get to bring them up again, but we had 50 people come from that company, 50 people from the same company. Um, when I went back there about six months later, by the way, I have so much last, history with last, those last guys. March. Like I, I, I love them. And, and, and then even with, the Rackler family, like all those guys. So a lot of good history. It's top, it's top, it's top notch, right? They have, if it fit a similar value to all to you and I, that's why it fits so well. But, you know, truthfully, uh, we went out there in March and we did the thing with the escape rooms. We did the six different escape rooms. Uh, I went back in September and then I didn't, it's unintended surprise. They're like, hey, Joe, everybody who went to True Grit wants to take you out uh, for, a, for a dinner tonight. So unsurprisingly, I'm like, what? Yeah. So it wasn't even like a choice. Yeah. We all booked this uh, conference room where we're all going to, everybody chipped in to say, we're going to have uncle Joe night. And everybody who came to true grit uh, wants to show how much they thank you for bringing the team together. And as I had the installers, service people, salespeople, office people, accountants, all in there. I was just, I'll tell you what, I almost start crying. It was so, uh, you know, uh, so impactful for me. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't buy that kind of love, you know, Senator Chris, it's like, uh, it's, it's just like, uh, astounding. So I was like, that's really what, uh, this is about, which is about, you know, making a positive impact in the life of other people. That's really what my ultimate goal is. How do I do that? This is one of the ways I do it is to see people enjoy training, enjoy accountability. Accountability is a gift served best warm, not cold. Makes sense there, Chris? It does. Yeah. I, you were mentioned, you're talking about like objections and things like that just a little bit ago. And I wanted to ask this question before I forget. Um, are we, are you still like, when you go through a lot of these trainings, are you still getting like this typically like same top five objections that everyone brings to you that they're always trying to learn how to overcome? <laughs> is it like the same group? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's only been modernized based on the methodology, like email used to be, used to be like, Hey, just leave the bid here and I'll call you back later. Now it's just email on the bid and I'll call you back later. Now it's like, text me the bid. That's what I'm it saying. It'll probably, probably be TikTok the bid to me and I'll call you back later. <laughs> Who knows in the future? But uh, the bottom line is that the same things are the, those, the six pack is solid. It's always like, number one, uh, let's just do this later. I'll call you back later. That's number one. Number two is, I'm confused. This is a lot of information. I, mean, I got to research it more myself. Number three is my wife's not to go hide under the wife's skirt or the third party. Uh, my, my dad's got to get involved, right? Uh, number four, I'm going to hold off on everything. It's my fault. They blame themselves. And you say, no, it's my fault. Then you got number five. It's like, you know what? I don't care what you do. We're just going to hold off and say no to this. And that's a, the t- hard guard objection. And the final one, it's like, you know what? I'm going to have to ask it on my house. And that's like, you know, <laughs> That's like your final six pack, right? <laughs> How do you handle each one of those and still close? Like some of those sound insurmountable. Like somebody says, get out of my house. You could sell the job about 70% of the time. Yes. Isn't it crazy that when somebody, when somebody says, get out of your house, it's like, that's the time where it's easier to sell somebody than almost any other time, believe it or not. Cause in a way they're sort of getting emotional and how do people buy? They buy emotionally. You know, all I got to do is say, turn the negative energy into positive energy and make the, per- make the person who's telling get out of your house laugh for a second and next thing you know, you got this thing turned around and you're selling the job. You know, you didn't sell the job. People bought the job. They, they sold themselves on the fact that you were passionate enough to hang in there to help them with it. Make sense there, Chris? Yeah. So so I want to do this um, for our listeners. And again, like the, the one of the previous episodes that Joe was on was episode number 83. And in one of my favorite parts of that particular podcast was um, Tall Paul and you like role played and he made you sell him high efficiency system on the role play. It was so good. And I don't expect you to, to remember that, but I remember it cause it was such like a, uh, mm-hmm. a real moment where you and him, as if you were sitting at the kitchen table and selling him and he was objecting and objecting and objecting. And then he was like, he was getting uncomfortably objecting you. And I was like, dear God, Paul, get to the point, man. And you still got it done. <laughs> It was such a, a, a cool moment. Um, so you got to go back if you haven't listened to it and look at that episode number 83. Um, so good. <clears throat> but what I want to do is let our listeners know, for some reason, if you can't make True Grit, I mean, because it's in a few weeks and you can't change around, like obviously you can you can reach out to Joe. And Joe's such a good dude too that like he'll give, he'll give you guidance no matter whether you end up doing something like a service MVP or not is irrelevant. He's just a good dude. He wants to be able to help you and take care of you. He's got a good heart. So... Don't feel free to reach out and ask questions. And like he was talking about how some of these walls have come down um, between different trainers and, and consultants and things like that. It's true because the industry really has come together quite a bit. Not saying there's not competitiveness to it. There is just like the athlete reference that you or the sports reference that you made, but everybody is there. You know, everybody kind of has their different things that they're, that they're great at. Right. Um, I, you know, in a, in a few episodes, we'll, we will have on a memorization coach, which is somebody I saw speak. And uh, to me, it's really intriguing because I'm constantly trying to learn how to be better, um, better as a leader. You know, every time this company gets bigger, it's a size company I've never run before. I've said that all the time. So I got to continue to lift my lid in the words of John Maxwell and get smarter and better. So I keep bringing on coaches. So you have to do the same thing, listeners, because you can't just sit stagnant. Like Tiger Woods had a coach forever. I mean, he was the best golfer ever. Like Michael Jordan, coach. So you have to do the same thing. So if you can't make true grit and it's not Uncle Joe, make sure you find somebody that can help give you these ongoing coaching opportunities. And it just so happens like, you know, uncle Joe's leaning towards the gamification stuff and the escape room stuff and makes it fun because sometimes training sucks to do, but you got to do it to get better. But I want to leave everybody with this. 
excuse me, is like, what's the biggest tip that you can give the contractors, anybody that's listening uh, when they're training um, or having meetings with their team? Like, let's leave them with like, whether, whether they do nothing, if they do nothing, you know, or they, or, or if they're currently doing nothing, like what's the biggest tip that you can give our listeners when they're training or they're having meetings with their team? Well, you know, it's like whether you're doing meetings or training people on your team or whether you're trying to train your customers on your solutions, in a way, training is happening all the time. Just like sales that you're selling. If I'm a manager, I'm selling my team and my idea is to get this the way we do things, the process, right? So everything is selling and everything is training. I'm training my customers how to uh, how we do business and this way they can fit it into the way we do it, right? So uh, I think the biggest thing, though, when we do it, Chris, is to have interaction. Uh, training doesn't work anymore where one person stands in front of everybody and just is like the like wisdom comes from the one person. It's like we have some things we'd like to talk about. I think it should be – here's a tip I would give you. How can you do training in the form of a question which gets people to interact and let them do part of the training? Share a story. Who can share a story with us about a situation where the customer told us to email the proposal to them? You got one like that? And Who can raise their hand and tell us that? And then somebody does. They're now teaching the problem that we're going through today. So I could say up in the front of the room about how here's what happened to John over here, and I can I can do all the talking. But if I just ask the right question, I can get my team doing the talking, and that just makes the training more fun, right? The fact that I'm interacting with you, and that's the kind of gamifying it again, which is getting you to play. Playing by my one person playing by himself and watching the game isn't as fun as being in the game yourself, right? So I can say the biggest tip I can say is try to deliver your training in the form of a question which gets people to answer the question in the way, make the question obvious that the question should be the way I want you to do things. So this way it makes whatever you're trying to train people, it makes it their idea. And I think when people think it's their idea, then it's more acceptable and they will put in the process you're trying to train. Whatever you're trying to train people is more acceptable because I had a piece of it. I shared the story. John shared the story how he got, different guy in the company shared a story how he got through that problem. We all learned what one person had the problem, the other person got through it. Uh, what did you learn from this, John? Ask your ask your another person in the group. Carrie, what did you learn from this? Well, I learned that what John said, we can't just stop when somebody says to email it. Uh, we have to then say we can do better than email. What can we do better? Who, who knows what's better? Uh, we could just say, could do a lesser option. There you go. Give them both a round of applause. Everybody wins on that one. We all got the information. In a way, the, think of yourself as a game show host when you're teaching your team. And you know the, the people who are playing the game are the ones who are uh, the star of the show. You're just like Alex Trebek of training. Put it that way. That's the best way to, best way to look at it, right? If I can say people can learn the training on their own, like they're smart. I had the idea, here's how I learned this idea. I said, I'll have, I'll have people read from a book. Uh, you read the first chapter, you read the first uh, paragraph, and then the next guy reads a paragraph, next guy reads a paragraph, next guy, they're all reading from that book. I mean, for me to imagine me just reading a book to people, how boring that would look, right? But when they read the chapter, or one little paragraph uh, in front of the group, then they got to speak louder. See, a lot of things are unintendedly happening that are very positive. So if you got some kind of document, so the leader reading the document, make the team do that part of it. So if you can make it 50-50, no more than the trainer talking 50% of the time and let the let the people you're teaching interact and train. That's my that's my thing I think is the biggest thing I can give everybody today. Yeah, that's good. So so in, in, because it's like the... Um 
it's a very collaborative training environment. It kind of sounds like what you're making. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to say I'm better fan of more of a fan of Pat Sajak versus Alex Trebek. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, I like the collaborative training experience too, but, but also do you think that because of that way, it allows people to kind of approach it being a little bit more vulnerable and kind of opening up more because, you know, like a lot of times people don't want to admit when they don't know something. And so they don't, the way they, they hide that is just don't say anything at all and don't participate because they don't want to sound like an idiot, but it, uh, this way allows even those types of people to start to open up and, and, and get better too. Right. Would you, would you agree with that? And that's where the leader should go first to, to express vulnerability for themselves. Uh, to have that moment where I, here's how I failed. And it's like, if you watch my videos, Chris, I know you, someday I'm going to make you watch all 72 of those. Yeah, old, I'll get right videos. On that. They're still good. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, the reason, you, the reason why I think you'd like them is because they start, all the videos start with the problem I went through and a thing that I experienced. And then it said, here's the science behind how we overcame that. And here's what we do. So that's what makes it interesting that Joe Corsera had this problem. And they're like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. I had the same problem I got right now. You know, so um, the fact that I lead with the problem that I went through a problem isn't me saying I never had a problem. Because uh, so the leader doesn't express the fact that I said leaders should go first. Uh, even if we're trying to correct your team or trying mm -hmm. to coach your team to get on track, always say, you know, this is my fault. Uh, it's, my, it's, it's on me. Why is that? Well, I noticed this problem you were having. I just didn't. I thought you would be able to iron it out yourself, but I was wrong. Uh, and now we're going to stop that today. I'm going to help you with it now today. And we're going to, so it's like, it starts every problem in every company starts with the owner saying that it was them who kind of was, had the blind spot, them who assumed that we had it solved. It was them who assumed that you finished the training and did it. It was you. I assumed that you had the confidence to be able to speak for our company the right way. That's okay. We got to practice more. I, it's, it's on me. I didn't realize that. You know, if you watch a football game and it's confounding, when your team loses a game, the head coach of an NFL team will never blame the players. He's never going to blame his assistant coach. because say, you know, this is on me. I didn't have the team prepped as good as we could have. I'm going to get next week. I'm going to get to working on this. I know it's a talk that no fans want to hear. We want to hear the guy say, my wide receiver sucks. He dropped the ball. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, that's not what a, guy, a good coach is going to say because he, he, he's got the guy under a contract for like 16 million. He can't, <laughs> he can't destroy the guy, right? Uh, the guy is, I got to make somebody make 16 million feel good about themselves. Right. So I got to say, you know, it's not his fault. He, he was open a few times, but I didn't point to the quarterback that he was open. I should have called timeout and I uh, should have told the quarterback. That's on me. We're going to practice that this week though, guys, we're going to get back on track. And that's what it sounds like from any pro athlete, a quarterback. I always say this, when you win the game, uh, the coach stands behind the team because it was a, give the team all the credit for winning the game. When you lose the game, the coach stands in front of the team and says, this is on me. I had a blind spot. We didn't train on it. I never coached you on it. I never brought it to anybody's attention. I, I saw that. I saw we had the statistic or the KPI wasn't working. I just never didn't dig into it. That's on me. But I found out what the problem is now and I'm ready to help you guys with it. That's really what the formula it's on me. I uh, didn't know what didn't, didn't have, didn't see it. I uh, didn't notice it, but uh, it's okay. It's going to stop now. Then they take the action. Here's what we're going to do. That three-step formula is just key to leaders being leaders, really, not uh, not blaming. The, the team's never at fault. It's it's always something that we could do when something goes wrong. Uh, and then when a team wins, they it's, it's all on them because they, they performed it. They actually did the thing, and I just made me look good. Win together, Sounds lose together. <clears throat> Well, I would say people say I'm the greatest of all time, Chris. You didn't say that yet, but you were about to. I know you're going to say, but tell me that. But uh, whenever they tell me that, I'm like, I don't have the. I'm not the greatest of all time. Just get that out of your head. You know who's the greatest of all time? 
my students who put this stuff into place. They're the greatest of all time. Uh, I'm just the person who rides the wave. I'm like surfing on top of those people, Chris. You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't, uh, I'm not, no way I'm the greatest of all time. And there's a lot, the time isn't even over. I don't even know what's going to happen in the future. How would I know? But I, I, I can't tell you that the people I work with and who do the training, who perform that training and implement that training, those people are the winners who I stand behind. I stand behind them. They're in front of me. They're the ones who make uh, my training great. Make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, and I love that. I mean, first off, leaders lead from the front. Um, and I think there's a lot of good leaders who openly have, you know, are vulnerable and, and talk about those things because it brings down a major wall, right? So it allows everything to open up when you kind of admit fault. But then you have to tie a thing, you know, bring it all back together with the solution and maybe the results from the solution. So there's like a story you have to tell, but in order to even get to the solution, you got to be able to have everybody bring their walls down too. So I love that. Um, the, you know, there's so much to unpack just even in that right there. Like, and you did a good job of kind of teasing that out. And, and like, these are the kind types of things too, that anybody who's listening, you know, if like, let's say if you, if you, if you can't make your grit and I would encourage it last year was so good. Like last year was such a good one. And I, that was my first one going to it. And the participation was great. The comments were great. Like I've been to a lot of these, a lot of these things over 15 years, like hundreds of these things. And like, I, I spoke to a room of 7,000 contractors at this windy storm event and it was massive, but so hard to connect to the, a room like that. So when these rooms are more intimate it's more, there's more participation. There's more comfort. There's just like so many different, uh, you know, impactful things that happen that actually get that you can start doing while you're sitting in the room and learning from your peers and everybody's kind of open to it more, but it's intimate. So the fact that you're taking that and even making it more intimate by breaking it down to these different escape rooms, I think is great because like you had mentioned, a lot of times the emotion creates the action well, you kind of have to be put in some of these situations, these intimate situations to create that emotion, whether it be fear, um, you're excited, nervous, whatever it is. But then from that, it's going to create some sort of action, which will hopefully turn into a skill, a new skill learned into a positive result. And that is getting gritty. So I encourage you again to go to True Grit. Um, and I know we're kind of get bumping up on an hour, which is crazy because every time um, – I get into these, you know, these podcasts and I, they fly through means it's, I'm just genuinely interested in the conversation and, and you know what there is to offer. So listeners, if you can make it great, if not, you got to make one uh, worst case scenario, reach out, reach out to them. And, uh, and it's, it's, you know, I think it's, well, Chris, we also do the, we also, we also did escape rooms uh, in-house and private. So, I mean, if somebody wanted to do one for the team, we could set up the escape rooms there and do one for the entire team. Make a, make it like a, John Wayne has John Wayne days. They do it a whole weekend. They do that. And we have the escape room over there. So basically, you know, everybody could do this and uh, you know, a true great, you're not just going to get uh, going through the thing yourself. You're going to learn a new way to train people. And also you're going to get the packet with 24 different uh, challenges each one of those challenges are something that you can use. That's a, that's a half year. If you did once a week, even, or once if you did once a month, that's two years of challenges you could do with your team and have like a mini escape room of your own at your company. And, uh, you know, look like you're definitely a leader and, uh, you know, true grit only lasts for three days, but here's the thing, like you mentioned, Chris, the relationships that you create with the people who come to this, cause we're going to have eight people and you're going to have six different things. So 
six times eight, you're going to have uh, 48 different people you're going to interact with. Uh, definitely get by design, and there'll be uh, many other people. The relationships you create will last forever. Three days of training, we're going to get there, but you're going to have uh, the relationship last forever. That's what I always say. Yeah, and and on top of that, Goodrich will be there sharing a lot of information. You got Tommy, my buddy Tommy Mello, that's going to be there sharing a lot of, of great information. And those guys are willing to answer any questions you got too. And Tommy will talk to you for hours if you let him. So just be prepared. Mm-hmm. If you ask a lot of questions, he's certainly going to answer them and he's going to answer them all, for a long time. <laughs> and that's how Tommy goes. Tommy's he, my buddy. He, lo- he, loves the, he loves the sound of his own voice. No he doubt about sure it. He sure does. <laughs> so um, listen, Uncle Joe, I appreciate you coming on again, man. Give me another hour of your life. I'm grateful for that. You know that. I appreciate our friendship. And I always love like just having conversations with you and kind of hearing what's next for you in this world of training. Um, you've helped so many contractors become great contractors. So thank you for doing that, being that for the industry. But I appreciate you giving me another hour, Uncle Joe. Well, it's a pleasure, uh, Chris. Don't forget, everybody, TrueGrit2023.com. And I'll tell you what, for the Rhino listeners, if you use the code ANGEL, A-N-G-E-L, 50% off your ticket because you're a Rhino uh, your rhino warrior who That's is right. going to charge in there and uh, and try to and try to uh, help us to take that spirit that Chris Chris uh, Yano has done at the Rhino uh, service team and you can uh, you can bring that energy to us and uh, we're all going to have a hell of a lot of fun there, Chris. That's all I can tell you. Thank you, Uncle Joe. That's very thoughtful of you. Fifty percent off, Angel Angel. So, um, so you're saying if you go to the site, you can put plug in that like coupon code or something like that. Is that what that is? Yeah, there's a coupon promotional code where it says in there, right? When you sign in, yep. uh, code A-N-G-E-L, A-N-G-E-L, in case you got a G, not a J with Angel. You're my A-J-L. You got, that? <laughs> <laughs> got it, you got it. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, to the event for you, Uncle Joe. Good luck to it. I know you're going to crush up there. I'm excited for it. And I'm going to finish this podcast house like I always do with the, with the review and, um, this one is from Cody Johnson. Shout out to you, Cody Johnson. Um, appreciate all the love that you've been showing us. And that's fantastic. So you wrote fantastic info, great questions and answers. And his, t- uh, let's see, his review reads, this is as real as it gets. Chris does a fantastic, fantastic, God, I can't speak today. Chris does a fantastic job of interviewing his guests. I really love that he goes out of his way to have his experts explain in layman's terms. That's because I have to have it explained to me that way, Cody. That's why I do that. (laughs) But I appreciate that. (laughs) He makes sure to point out things for us to implement. Thank you, Chris, for putting this show on for us. Cody, my man, you're welcome. Thank you for leaving a review. So again, Uncle Joe, God bless you, my friend. Thanks for giving me an hour. To our listeners, thank you for giving us the time. I appreciate the reviews. Please leave more. Make sure, if you don't already, follow us on Apple, Android, Spotify, uh, Amazon. And, um, you know, we love that. We love being able to get all these reviews and obviously share the reviews if you leave one for our guests, too. So we appreciate you guys. You know, Uncle Joe kind of gave you the tip of the iceberg on some different things that you can do. Um, training has certainly got to be a normal, a, a regimented thing that you're doing. You got to be consistent with it. And guess what? You don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, 
We have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.